Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a movie and TV show podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Ed. And tonight's movie for debate is The Sandlot. So hello and welcome to The Ravens, a movie and TV show podcast where it is always 10.30 at night. So it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's movie for debate is The Sandlot. Ed, we're here. It's Halloween. But we're here to not do horror, to not do spooky, to do wholesome and baseball. We're here to talk about The Sandlot. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Thank you so much for coming on and thank you so much for choosing this movie. So this was this was an Ed choice. So let's start there. So why did you choose The Sandlot? I chose The Sandlot um, because um, over here in the States is currently the World Series. Um, baseball time um, and i also wanted to pick a movie that uh, most of the ravens would would love not us pigeons so uh <laughs> i know that um i also i love like when i go back into the catalog and listen to like a lot of the the movie episodes it geared primarily around the 90s so i was like hey let's let's go with the sandlot perfect choice perfect choice but so can you tell us like your history with the movie like can you remember the first time you saw it and how it has that staying power like how it stayed with you over the years (laughs) i saw this movie as a kid i probably was maybe like a teenager when i saw it um you know me and myself being one of the the older pigeons of the crew. Uh, king, king pigeon, king. <laughs> Let's not forget that crown. King pigeon. Yeah, collecting all the sweat towels now. You know, I love the <laughs> new duties that, you know, you guys keep giving us pigeons. <laughs> well, keep them busy, Ed. You know, <laughs> yeah. idle hands are the devil's playthings. People got to pick up them sweat towels. <laughs> right. So, yeah, um, uh, I think I was maybe like let's see i would have been 14 when this movie came out and being uh, uh maybe a teenager probably watched it on disney or maybe when it came to tv i'm sure tbs another station here that played some movies like those and i watched this movie it's one of those movies that when it comes on cable that i'll watch i'll watch it no matter what um, I love the characters. I, um, baseball was always my first love. Um, I never played on the team, never played on the team, ironically, uh, even though I loved the sport, but I, I, my parents never let me play sports for school. So, um, uh, I will say, man, it was really surprising to me last night when I, um, refresh my mind by watching it my son loved the movie <laughs> like he so really, cool. really got into it uh it was um uh, he thought it was really funny um and that really touched me right there so 
it, it shows that the the movie is still relevant after all these years. That's so cool. And how how old is your son? He's ten. Yep. Ten. So it's like yeah, right in that perfect kind of bracket. Does does he have an interest in baseball, or did did this help elevate his interest? <laughs> He doesn't. Not at all. He's a soccer guy. Um, that's the sport he plays. Um, he doesn't play it well, but he loves it. Uh, <laughs> but it, one thing that's funny to me, the fact that he loves soccer is one sport that I I never played growing up. Like, I was more playing basketball. I did play, you know, baseball in the neighborhood, um, softball in the neighborhood, football, of course. Um, but uh, so now that he plays soccer, I have to go to my neighbors to teach him and just rely on the coaches. Um, I go to every game and I'm just sitting there like, what's going on? I don't understand the sport. <laughs> but I'm caught up on some of it. And so I just tell my boy to just go out there and run hard and, you know, and try hard, and, and that's what he does, so he loves that, but I love baseball, man, I always collected the cards and stuff growing up, uh, so yeah, some certain aspects of this movie, it really, really uh, hits home, and I never noticed, um, getting, uh, I know I'm jumping the gun, but in the part where they have Babe Ruth, Mm-hmm. When he had the dream, I never noticed that the Babe Ruth character took the uh, Hank Aaron card. Like that was so cool. I never noticed that before. And so Hank, I I had a Hank Aaron um, signed card as a kid that my mom got for me. Wow, very mm-hmm. cool. Do you still have it? Uh, my mom has it. Like she met him. My mom. Um, we lived in Metro Atlanta. Uh, and Hank Aaron played for the Braves. And so, uh, of course, he broke uh, Babe Ruth's uh, home run record. So, like, it's just, you know, when you go back and watch these movies, you you watch it. You watch a movie different after you've seen it before. And I just never, it's crazy, like, when he was like, hmm, Hank Aaron, someone's telling me, you know, this is calling to me. I was like, wow. But yeah, my mom has it. Uh, she met him at, uh, he was like getting a haircut at a barbershop. And she was like, oh, my son loves baseball. It's really cool. That's awesome, man. So cool. Well, I I actually, believe it or not, Ed, played for a baseball team last year. For, for I remember you talking about it on the pod, yeah. Like, for two, for like two games, <laughs> it was very random. But I've, I've had this thing, this like affinity with American sports. So mm. I obviously played basketball. That was the most serious one. I mm. did coaching with the Special Olympics and etc 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 and then I also played in the local league here for two seasons with like a team that I made called the Ravens for our One Tree Hill peoples and so that was definitely the one that I like stuck to and had like a a real connection to but I also tried out American football once and went to a a practice and (laughs) I was just too it was just too intense for me yeah like even the training was like three three and a half hours and there was a lot of like standing around and then 
then when you're not standing around just getting like battered around <laughs> i was like i don't know i think i'm too fragile for this um and then baseball and so i thought well baseball will be fun i've always wanted to play i like sound stupid but i play catch with my dog luna all of the time i feel like i've got quite a good throw like it's like pretty good distance anyway Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that's not the same as like a baseball throw. Mm-hmm. Like when I went to these baseball trainings, like the throw, the amount of power that these guys could put on a throw would like take your hand off. It was crazy. Yes. Um, but I really enjoyed it. The only problem with it was it was like a 45 minute drive away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you get there, you had to be there like the whole day, like mm-hmm. the games and everything lasted forever. And it's like, this is fun, but I've also got like a wife and a kid and like a job, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I played in like two games. I uh, managed to get to first base once. And that was because the pitcher hit me with the ball right in the right in the back. It left a massive bruise like on my ribs. So I got to walk to first. Um, wow. So I took that. I took that and I was like, well, I've made it to a base. <laughs> And that was my, that was my baseball career. But I got the jersey, so the for Hertfordshire, which is like the county I live in. So I'm like, I got the, I got the t-shirt, I got the souvenir. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But with this movie, The Sandlot, you would think this would be one that I would have like idolized and watched over and over again as a child. I love the Mighty Ducks, Little Giants. Mm-hmm. Cool Runnings, it's not quite the same, but you know, for like nineties, you know, feel good sport movies. I know the other, you know, these ones are kids, but you know, this within that kind of bracket. And uh, but no, I just never saw this as a child. And then the first time I watched it was probably about two years ago during like the lockdowns, or maybe coming up to three years ago. And I watched it, and I loved it, really, really loved it. Um, but I just like watched it on my own. So I had no one to talk to about it or anything. And then that was that. And then last night you suggested it and thought, yes, this is the perfect one. Uh, And so I watched it last night. Loved it. Like, it's so good. It's so wholesome. I I love that it's also, like, set in the 60s. Um, So it's got that different uh, sort of element to it as well, to these sort of 90s kids sport films and it's just so wholesome like it's just you want to be part of this friend group uh Mm -hmm. and i love how the story might usually these sports movies revolve around a story of like the mighty ducks or the little giants we've got this big game that we're building up to and we're practicing and then there's going to be the showdown and the final but no, the, this film, you think it's going that way. Yeah. You even get the kids from the other team coming up yeah. and you think, oh, right, these, they're going to have a, have, a, have a game. Nope, it's about this dog and getting <laughs> this ball back. I mean, that's what it is on the surface level. I think we could go down in the layers of what it's really about in terms of, you know, misperceptions and, uh, you know, misinterpretations and this sort of old wives tales that we hear as children about the dog that's actually just a normal dog. But to them, it's like Godzilla of dogs. Like it's, it's a really clever movie. Um, you know, it gets a 7.8 on IMDb. That's high, man. Yeah. Especially after all these years, because it's funny. Like my son was like, Dad, that dog is like a T-Rex, you know, when they were showing the shadows. Uh, 
and I just couldn't wait for him to finally see the dog. And um, I made sure because uh, I knew today, today I was gonna have a busy day, and I was like, okay, I need to watch this, so I'm gonna watch it. I just turned it on because my my kids dominate the TV, man. Like it's, <laughs> I I'm so behind on everything that I want to watch, and so he started watching it. And he just, he, you know, I sent you the videos. He, he nuzzled mm-hmm. up. And, and then when my wife got home uh, late last night, she was trying to um, get her little kisses in on him. And he was like, mama, get out the way, you know, <laughs> like it's, this is good. But yeah, man, it's, that's also, you, you, you know, I didn't think about it, but you're right. Like they always have the cliche, big championship game. These guys just played ball because they loved it. Um, and it looks like the primary goal was to get Benny some practice. Ooh, right. Yeah. And so uh, just to get Benny practice. And I think uh, they said, like, if a guy moved away, they just kept the game going. They never kept score. Um, and Benny would move around and practice all the positions. And it's funny, like, I guess he was like the Lucas Scott over at the river court for these guys. And then when you think back to, I know when I think back to when I was growing up, times are different now, like especially over here. Um, you would just go outside, right? And just play till the streetlights came on. That's That was really a thing back in the day. But now, um, now I do have some kids in our neighborhood that are that way like my my neighbor uh little fellow that lives across the street he is a character like he's a throwback type kid he goes outside he plays he will play with anybody like whenever we have a new neighbor he'll just go over and just start playing with their kids just insert himself into the situation but kids really don't play like that anymore outside because of uh, the accessibility to games and tablets and all that stuff. And it's not good, but like my kids will go outside. They'll play by themselves. Like it um, doesn't matter. I do have a, a gap in the age with my kids, but they like to go outside. And like my daughter uh, will just go out and man, she'll play with grass, rocks, whatever. Like it, it doesn't matter. So that's refreshing that they're that way that they're not just tied to electronics and stuff because it, you know like you see the mom in this movie she was like dude go outside get in trouble <laughs> and, yeah. and he eventually did because the boy was you know he was like a little nerd you know a little geek and so this movie that's that's me like i'm forever a nerd like i i claim that <laughs> but going back to being a kid I love just playing all sports like we would play even if we didn't have equipment and so it was funny like how you said you you caught that ball to the back man dude how about one day when we were playing in the neighborhood I caught the bat to the head like it was crazy ah. a bat like it, and it wasn't even a bat it was a stick we were playing stick ball and so like um Sometimes we didn't have proper equipment or we wouldn't, parents wouldn't give it to you. And so this kid was up at bat with the stick. He let it go. Bam. Right. 
in in the top of the head. And back in the day, this was in the like uh, late eighties, maybe early nineties. It had a a fade, a high top fade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so because it was a stick, uh, the doctor was like, "Well, we got to shave that off to see, you know, if it was like a anything." So yeah, man. So I was devastated because I was a big fan of Bobby Brown, and I had my little Bobby Brown <laughs> <Yeah>. haircut. <laughs> well, well, wait did did you have like so? Did you have to have did you have a cut then? You had to have like stitches or yep. something. Yep, I did, and, and so they shaved it, and I was like, oh, "Mom, I don't want to go to school looking like this." And and mom, my mom let me like skip a day, but yeah, I had to go back, and you know the kids tease me. But I was like, wow, dude, you know, I I, I lost my little high top Bobby Brown fade. Sad day. But, but you'd think that that would be like a cool thing, like as a war wound, <laughs> you know, you got this like a cool, that's that's a cool, kids are just so stupid, aren't they? But, but this, this movie really amplifies everything that you're saying mm-hmm. with these kids aren't stupid. <laughs> well, they are, but they're like lovable. And they make you fall in love with that period of just playing outside, like you said, and with that period of not having, you know, phones and uh, access to the internet and TikTok and Instagram and all this shit that kind of ruins everybody's life. Like, I mean, even in the 90s when this came out, so this came out in 93. So, I mean, that stuff wasn't accessible then either. Like you're saying, this is, you know, late 80s, early 90s. This is when when you had your Bobby Brown high fade, like it's the, <laughs> that's the time to be outside and play. And, you know, me and me and Dom were like that too. We used to play outside with our friends and we'd be playing football, even though it'd be dark and we'd still be trying to play football in the dark and, you know, all of that stuff. And, uh, Oh yes, man. And so, and this film just is reminiscent of that. It makes you feel that it's like, yes, that these were the great times. But let, let's let's talk it through. So, I mean, firstly, I have to point out that there are two direct connections to the Mighty Ducks here, because Benny, uh, he's played by Mike Vitar, I believe, is his name. Let me just double yeah. check. I was yes, the cash. <laughs> he, of course, is. Luis Mendoza in the Mighty Ducks 2 and 3. And it lives rent-free in my head when the commentator in Mighty Ducks 2 is saying, it's Luis Mendoza. He's on the breakaway. He can really fly. <laughs> <laughs> he still had those uh, PF flyers. <laughs> right? He's got the speed, whether he's on ice or right. or in the sandlot. But did, um, are you a fan of the Mighty Ducks movies? You know, I didn't... Um watch it until after the first time I came on you you guys on pot and I think I asked you about your jersey because it mm-hmm. said Goldberg and you know I correlated to the wrestler but you were like no it's from Mighty Duck so my wife and I watched it after and so we and watched the first two yep what'd you think it was good it was good because uh it was a lot of people in that movie like uh uh pacey was in it uh yeah yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he was a chunk boy up in there yeah <laughs> pacey was the tough guy 
And so, yeah, uh, and the other guy too, the the black kid, he, he's in it too, right? Yes, yeah. that's what I was going to say next. So Brandon Quinton Adams, mm-hmm. uh, who plays Kenny, who's the pitcher in Sandlot, plays Jesse Hall in uh in the mighty ducks he's in the first two he doesn't come back for the third one um but yeah i mean so he's in two iconic sports franchises from the early 90s yeah which and is I've, so seen cool. him, I've seen him in an episode of uh the tv series martin like they have this um <laughs> funny episode where like martin he goes back uh he goes to his um elementary school for like career day and like he was like uh that kid was in it and he was like bullying <laughs> martin and the other character cole so yeah i i remember that kid from being in a lot of you know little 90 sitcoms because you know he he had the perfect look you know for it and the char- charisma those were good on uh, child actors absolutely uh and then also in here we have chauncey leopardi i think i'm saying that right he plays squints mm-hmm. now he is in the opening of casper which i loved growing up did you like casper <laughs> not really not really no wasn't you know, a jam me, me, yeah me being a little you know a little older you know like i said man, you know i was probably on that uh Charlie Brown, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hear you. Being an old you. pigeon. No. <laughs> my, <laughs> I think my sister's the uh, the same age as you. And uh, so I also got a lot of that stuff from her being in the house and what yeah. loved Charlie Brown, the Snoopy stuff. Because, yeah. like, for, for, like, a kid. So in my situation... I guess like you, you're a little older, and so you don't really want to admit that you like some things. Mm-hmm. But you'll you'll sneak and watch it, like you know, hey, I like this, but you don't want to tell nobody, you know. You're in that little tweener age. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so Patrick Renner, he plays Ham. He was in a movie called The Big Green, um, and he's like on the cover of that. Now, what's funny about uh Chauncey who played Squints and Patrick who played Ham I was really close separately to booking them to come onto the podcast um this is like years ago um the guy that played Squints Chauncey it just like it was to the point of what day can you do what day can you come on mm-hmm. and then it just sort of be- became co- a cold trail uh and then Patrick who played Ham, I was working, like talking with his agent, and it was gonna happen. Um, but then I think he, he had basically just had different options of like really big podcasts to go on because he was trying to promote a book I think that he had written. So he just went, he you know went on the other one, which totally get. Um, and it would have been huge to get either of them because they're you know like massive um, in this nineties mm-hmm. sort of fandom. But was close, very close. Uh, I at least spoke to. Chauncey, the guy that played Squints, you know, a good few mm-hmm. times on messaging and whatever, but you never know. Maybe it will happen in the future. Yeah, you should revisit. And I, I know, like, the fella, uh, Ham, he's been very visible lately. I've, I've seen him on some current stuff. And then one of those guys, 
maybe it's squints. It's like that dude is Jack now. Like, have you seen like current pictures of him? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think he's like in, tatted up. He's got like yeah, tattoos yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He looks like a like he could be in Jersey Shore or something. You know, like he's <laughs> Jack to the to the moon. And um, yeah, the him guy, he just has charisma. You know, I, I love him. He just if you look at his face, he still looks the same. And yeah, he's funny. Yeah, but yeah. You're killing me, Smalls. That's like the best line. It's my yeah, favorite line. It is. People still say that to this day. It's it's iconic. He's an iconic character. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh and that we've got, of course, the legend James L. Jones. What a great <laughs> what what a great well, it's not like a cameo, it's just a great kind of surprise role of who's the guy that lives in that house and it's James L Jones what a legend the voice of Darth Vader himself the the voice of uh, Mufasa from the Lion King yeah. amongst all of his amazing acting credits I'm just speaking to the ones that are, you know in in my heart um yeah how do you feel about James L Jones like you said the legendary Darth Vader oh man hey let me let me show you something what we got, Ed? Can you see that? There's Darth Vader in yeah. in the room Ed's in. That's huge. How big is that? Uh, it's at least about three feet, maybe four. Yeah, it's taller wow. than my baby girl. I think she's like three, three right now. But yeah, it's uh, my wife got that for me. It it speaks and everything. And that's, that's dope. Like I got a um. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, I'm up here in my man cave, man. My kids have really made it not as cool as it once was. <laughs> like, uh, I have little token things from over the years. Darth Vader is wearing a, a happy birthday uh, little, uh, what would you call that? A tiara. Let's <laughs> go. Cool. Love I, it. Yeah, I was out once in uh, my hometown, and this girl was celebrating her birthday. And uh, at the end of the night, end of a drunken night back in my younger years, I was like, hey, can I have that? And she was like, yeah, my birthday is over now, you know. So, <laughs> yes, it rests on, on Darth's helmet, you know. But that yeah. Tiara's uh, gone over to the dark side. I love it. <laughs> right. Yeah, but Vader, an iconic villain. Uh, great. What a great voice. Just imagine if you sounded like that every day, dude. Come on. I know. I would just talk to myself. I just, well, just podcast. He's the perfect podcast voice amongst everything else. Uh, have you seen? You have an iconic voice. I will. Your <laughs> voice is awesome. Like, dude, I'm not going to lie. If I sounded like you, boy, I would just go around just commanding everybody, just like Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> you might be the first and only person to ever say that <laughs> so awesome. i appreciate it i hate my own voice so I, that's uh that's I kind i think we all do that like people tell me like they're 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 always like oh you sound like you're from new orleans and i'm like no I'm mississippi bread but yeah um yeah your voice is really cool man really cool both you <laughs> you and um like a, you know dumb 
he's just sound like a super villain to me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he is, he is a super villain. Yeah. Well, that the, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a really kind of, it's like a small film. Um, I, I, it's probably independent even. Uh, I think it was from the year two thousand or two thousand and one. It's called Finders Fee. Uh, it's got Ryan Reynolds in it, like before he was massive, and mm. uh, James L. Jones is in it. The whole movie takes place in one room, and I've I've recommended this to this to people loads and loads of times. Um, but I think you'd like it. It the premise is without spoiling anything. This group of friends play a game of poker like every week, same day every week. I I don't know. Say it's Friday. Every Friday night they play a game of poker, and they each have to buy a lottery ticket. And in the final hand of the night they all put the lottery tickets into the middle and then the winner of that hand gets all of the lottery tickets. Ooh. Now, this one night that this is happening, this guy fi- on his way home finds a wallet in the street. He picks up the wallet, uh, sees there's a lottery ticket in it, takes the lottery ticket out, checks the TV, and it's a winner. But then his friends come round and he's has to put it into the middle to play poker with it. And that's the whole movie. Um, so I won't say any more. But James L. Jones is in it. Ryan Reynolds is in it. Oh, I got to watch that now. So, yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah. I love little quirky movies like that. You, you know what? That That's a that's a Chuck style movie right there. <laughs> that's a Chuck style movie. Hey, shout out to Chuck. Chuck. <laughs> I love you now, boy. You are out there. <laughs> there you go, Chuck. You're getting yeah. shout outs. Chuck probably has even watched it. <laughs> uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, th- so there we go. So, I mean, so, so we'll, we'll, let's talk about a bit of the rundown of the movie. So, it takes mm-hmm. place, like we said, in the early 60s. Our main character, Smalls has moved to this new town and even he's doing the the narration over the top sort of telling the story back from you know current perspective and he's saying that you know he moved to this town at the the most terrible time you could probably do which is just as summer has started so he didn't even get a couple days of school in to be able to make any new friends he's having a bit of a tough time he's uh his mum is like remarried so he's sort of navigating a new relationship with his stepdad doesn't know whether to call him dad or call him by his name and smalls is kind of shy and a bit introverted and likes sort of doing his sort of science experiments in his room and like you said ed his mum's saying hey you just need to get outside like make some friends get into some trouble like you got to live life a little bit and he Mm. loves baseball but he sucks at it Ed. <laughs> he can't throw he can't catch he caught the ball with his eyeball <laughs> yeah he got a black eye man my son got a kick out of that so <laughs> but uh and you know his daddy was uh dennis leary you know that guy yeah mm-hmm. so i the, when i first looked at it, i was like "Ooh, i i know this guy and so i had to look it up yeah yeah so and man, correlation. Maybe this is why I really love this movie. I had a summer similar to this, but not exactly similar. When I moved from Mississippi to Atlanta, um, when my mom remarried, stepfather, same situation, man. 
all the stuff I moved at the end of the summer. And so we moved into this neighborhood that was adjoined to uh, some apartments. Uh, it was like apartments, then our neighborhood downhill where the apartments. And so all the kids I went to school with, end up going to school with, lived in the apartments primarily. And so I had to befriend them. And so, yeah, man, so it's a little almost the same, but it was the same situation. And it sucked for a while. But, you know, how can you not love that, you know, after you get to know him, you know, realize he's just a big nerd. And (laughs) (laughs) I started playing football with those kids every day in basketball. And, And so, yeah. So it worked out. It worked out, man. But then guess what? Then I had to move back to Mississippi, like right nah. when I made <laughs> nah. I like, damn, a couple of years later. Yep. So here we go. That's, that's still cool that you made friends, though, mm-hmm. and that you did it because you didn't know that at the time, right? Mm-hmm. You thought you're probably going to be there yeah. forever. So Yeah, right when I really started liking it. And the kids that were my friends back home had changed so much because we they were we were in elementary. Then we go to junior. But yeah, so this guy, he uh, smalls. Um, I think he was just outside and, and saw Benny, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Benny um, invited him to play uh, uh, ball and. How did he meet Benny? Was it was it just like that? Yeah, he just saw him. Yeah, I think he he yeah he lived. I think he lives like two doors down Mm -hmm. and was just like yeah. I think he saw him one time, nothing, and saw him another time. He was just like, hey, come play. You know, you made nine, and uh, he sort of made excuses at first. Small was like, oh, I don't have a glove, and he's like, that's all right. Take my old one. Oh, (laughs) you know, okay, this you know this and the other, and and he does it, and he but. It's like that moment of kindness, of inclusivity that Benny's like, just he's non-judgmental. He's just like, just come play. It would just be fun, you know. And he gives him that encouragement, and that's what's re- that, that instantly endears you to Benny as a character and yeah. Smalls because we've both felt like Smalls. Like everybody's felt like that at some point in their life, I'm sure, and. We all want someone like Benny to just reach out and say, hey, come on, it's okay. Like, come come play. Like, sort of put that arm round figuratively. Yes. Uh, I, <laughs> I read something, you know, on Instagram, you always get these posts and little sayings and this, that, and the other and motivational speeches and whatever. And a lot of it's just trash. But there, I saw one the other day that was really good. And it basically said... Um, at the end of the day, it's not about what you have, it's about what you give. And that's so true because, I mean, look what Benny gave to Smalls. He gave him not just a summer, but an entire friend group. I mean, essentially changed his entire life, right, by by including him. And he gave, he, he gave that to him. Right, he came his career. He yeah. gave that to him just by being kind. Yeah, you're right. I mean... And that's is is so easy to be selfish, you know. But like, uh, man, and you just never know 
what one kind act can lead to. And like you could you could clearly tell by the end of the movie that those guys had a connection that meant something like uh do a game. And that that's just like uh like for instance, like me being right here right now with you talking through uh a TV show that we both uh care about have struck up a friendship and you have established that type of relationship with with um <laughs> roughly uh, what over a hundred people whatever from all over the world come on now and so um life is is funny like you know just by like you said the things that you love or either can grow to love you know um can really bring a lot of uh joy to your life and so yeah they uh Benny clearly was a good person. Like it, it was cool. Like when they when they first go out there, the first time he played with him, you know, he hit the ball to him. He he misses the ball. Poor guy. Um, we've all been there before. Like you know, especially trying a new game, new new sport, something like that, and you're not good at it, and so you're not that confident. But once you grow and gain confidence and yourself then man you you start trying all type of stuff he they taught him how to play uh but like he, it was funny he was just like stick your hand up you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and man benny he, he just was like praying that he caught that ball and then the boys all believed in him after that and so yeah was, he made it look like he caught it when actually he just like hit the most pinpoint perfect accurate hit right. to him right right and he taught him how to throw you know he was like once, once it gets here let it go and, and yeah man i think throwing is in baseball is probably harder than catching because you mm-hmm. have to throw accurately or you're gonna have some problems out there in that field like when i played I wasn't the best thrower, so I played uh, second base whenever I played because that's the shortest throw to first. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you have a strong arm in baseball, you'll play third base, shortstop, a uh, strong, accurate arm. But uh, And so, yeah, it, that's why I thought it was really funny that they put him out in the outfield because this dude was running the ball in. When you play, what position did they have you at? They put me on second base, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so you just like me. You have the same issue. Yeah. <laughs> when I when I throw a ball, like when I throw it like to my dog, I throw it like on the side. Yeah. Um and but that that's no good in baseball, right? You uh, have to like throw it like uh, over your shoulder yep. kind of thing. And so when they were like, they were like, no, you have to throw it like this, I was like, oh no. <laughs> and then it sort of took all of my yep confidence out of it yeah i i don't know but but like i said throwing to second to first it's a very short throw you really can't mess that up but (laughs) (laughs) so yeah but can we take a minute to talk about the fashion because i love what these kids are wearing like particularly benny like uh (laughs) Like is is always like, and that's what he tells Smalls when he sort of like walks him home. Is like, hey, have you got a fire in your house? Yeah, okay, throw that hat in it, <laughs> you know, in his side. Man, 
the the uh what you call it the the bill on that yeah super long I, that always geek me out whenever i uh watched watched this movie i was like dude this thing is like at least a foot long in front of this little boy's head <laughs> it's like the size of your darth vader on top of his hat you know on the... <laughs> right 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 that's crazy but he says, you know, put some jeans on, you know, and and hey, here's you can have my old hat, and he it's had, like it's great. He had his shirt tucked in his shorts. <laughs> Man, yeah, that boy was a goober boy. Ooh, <laughs> he was. That, do you want to hear some a trivia point about it though? So, the actor that played Smalls, Tom Guick. Guiri, I think that's how you say it. Uh, him and Mike Vitar, who played Benny, the director had them uh, rehearse a few weeks before the other actors, the other boys showed up mm-hmm. so that they would uh, already have a connection that's like stronger between them two than with the rest of the boys, mm-hmm. which I think is quite, is quite a clever way of, of doing it. Now, the guy that plays Smalls... Uh, Tom Guiri, if I'm saying that right, that right, amazing! What a great performance for like yeah. such a young kid, and like you know, as like our protagonist or the person that we're seeing, mm-hmm. you know, that through his viewpoint, mm-hmm. amazing, amazing. If if you had a kid in that role that wasn't as good of an actor, the movie would still be good, but it wouldn't be a seven point eight on IMDb. You know, yeah. like he really. You know, like Leonardo DiCaprio, that shit. <laughs> yeah, he nailed it. Yeah, you felt for him. Uh, and then he had all the, the, it was a lot of awkward moments. He nailed those. Like you said, like, especially with um, Dennis Leary, his, his stepfather. And um, being the new kid, yeah, he, he nailed it. He nailed it. And so, at first, the other kids aren't taking in Smalls. Like, they're not, like, bullying him, but kind of teasing him. And then it's when, it is, like you said, when Benny hits that perfect ball into his hand, they're like, oh, okay, he's all right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He can, I knew okay. it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but they, he, he won him over. But, yeah, they <laughs> It's always that moment, you know. Um, like, have you ever um, played a game with someone and then they don't know? Like, especially they don't have a scouting report on you. Oh, man, if you show them up, you got respect uh, forever off of that one moment. But uh, right. exactly how it went down and they just kept playing. But what about he didn't even know uh, who Babe Ruth was? Yeah right the great yeah and then that's and that, when they're out that's a great that when he's first introduced to each kid and as benny says their name they just spit on the floor ben, yeah my my son was like why are they spitting like yeah i'll tell you man i, I should have recorded just the whole thing of him watching it it was really he was like ew, ew. like the one kid spit twice you know <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about the kids so as we're introducing them. So you've got the two kids that one just repeats after the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got him. 
Oh, is it? No, is that the brother? That's the brother. Repeat. They named him Re- Repeat. Yeah, Repeat. It's Tommy and Timmy Timmons, and one of them just re- Repeat. Yeah, he just right. repeats. Yeah, Yaya was the other kid that they say ran like a duck. You know, because and then he, you got you got Bertram. <laughs> I like him. And, and then you got yeah yeah. Uh-huh. Benny, Squints, Ham, and Smalls. Who who's your who's your favorite? Uh, I mean, probably Smalls or or well, Benny is the coolest, obviously, obviously. by far. Most athletic. Yeah. The, the one that I would like associate to or identify as would definitely have been Smalls. Like that would have been. Not understanding, trying to pretend like you understood, being a bit more introverted and that kind of thing would definitely have been him. Uh, but I enjoy Ham a lot, particularly the s'mores. <laughs> I think the s'mores scene I like made me laugh out loud, like for real laugh out loud. And that takes a lot if you're what I was watching it on my own, you know, to like <laughs> get a reaction like that. He's like, Do you want some s'mores? How can I have any more? I haven't even had anything to begin with. You're killing me, Smalls. Yeah. <laughs> Damn dude, like he, they were just so disgusting. You know, like he, he bit off of it and gave it to him. And he was licking his fingers. and uh, But that's kids. Like that's, that's, that's kids. I'm telling you, man, my daughter, I had to watch her. She's only three. She will eat off the floor or whatever if you don't catch her. You know, like. She is, ooh, she's disgusting. She, <laughs> she is disgusting, dude. But yeah, I, I think I got a ride with the Bertram kid, the tall kid that had the tobacco. Oh, that, yeah, the glasses, yeah. Yeah, he is weird. <laughs> he is weirdo. And he probably became like a mass murderer later. <laughs> yeah, oh, and we didn't talk, sorry, I didn't say about Kenny as well, who... Uh, oh, yeah. Jesse, Jesse Hall from the Mighty Ducks, who the picture, uh, the, the picture. yeah, he's cool. Mm-hmm. I, I like, I like him, and I like that he. I mean, we'll talk about it at the end, but he almost got to the pros, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Like he, he almost got there, and then bought like a pharmacy or something. Highest level from it, Triple A, which is me. You're, you're just a smidge from being a professional baseball player. So right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So that so that's that's our group, that's our crew. Um and then <clears throat> is it at this point that Benny knocks like the guts out of the ball. He like explodes a ball. Uh I think that happens a little later. Is that the moment when um uh, that happens is does that happen right before they have the dog chase? Mm, well, because maybe that's the impetus like of them a, having to get they go and get another ball, and so yeah, like, that's yeah, when he goes and yeah, gets yeah. the Babe Ruth ball. They had the omen, yeah, that was the sign, the big, yeah, and so yeah, so they they get the baby Ruth, uh, baby Ruth <laughs> ball, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so then they knock that ball over the fence. As Smalls does it, right. Knocks it over. Yeah. Yes. Right. 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 And 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 uh, he wants to just go and get it. 
But then this is where we get the the legend, the myth of the junkyard dog that's like 200 years old and has murdered all of these people. <laughs> and I think I think just before we get there, though, actually, do we because we have the swimming pool stuff is before that, maybe, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's cut to the swimming pool stuff. It's a hot day. They... Uh, they don't have. I think they don't have a ball from previous. Yeah, and so they go to the swimming pool, and Squints is in love with this lifeguard. <laughs> We've all had that summer. We've all had that time. And I mean, how how old do you think these kids are supposed to be? Like twelve, thirteen? Yeah, I, I would say twelve, the oldest. Um, Benny may be thirteen, but like they're definitely preteen boys uh ranging from like what 10 to 12 i would say and um squints obviously is a menace you know he out here uh, <laughs> <laughs> plotting you know he said he had been plotting on her for a while maybe like did he say well like two years or something it was like i'm like squints is a menace and so uh he you know what's her name peppercorn uh, so he he's sitting there looking at her and just smiling at her and she she teasing you know she up there oiling up and lotioning up and <laughs> dude just lost it you know and he had the it, today was going to be the day and so he uh fake drowning like really risking it all and she pulled him out and She's trying to get him, get him back with us, and they notice that he's smiling, and he glances up at them, and then when she goes in to administer uh, <laughs> some breath, this guy kisses her, like, and she just kicks them out, their whole crew out, and they're banned from the uh, swimming pool the rest of that summer, and. But you you see once they're leaving that he looks at her and she smiles at him, so teasing what what came down the road. So, because then later they get married by the end of the film them and have nine children. Nine kids, man. Like I said, Squints is a menace, man. Like, come on, man. But it been it it been waiting his whole yeah. life, and then there you go, just nine kids he the the i read as trivia the director gave that actor that played squints one bit of direction for that scene he said whatever you do keep your tongue in your mouth (laughs) wow he probably broke that but uh but But i'd say the the kid that plays squints when he goes up on the diving board to like try and drown himself he looks so small like he's such like a he small does. kid he does. but maybe he was just small like <laughs> small in, in stature like I, I met these kids last weekend at a cleanup i was doing man I, i'm doing the cleanup i'm just talking to the kids and everything you know talking to my volunteers and i was like how old are you and the little boy he goes i'm 14 i'm like <laughs> This dude is small like squints. And I didn't want to be like, holy shit, damn you small. I didn't, because, you know, uh, for our shorter fellas, you know, you don't ever want to disrespect. 
But like he was just maybe Squints had that situation going for him. But I was like, okay, it was a obviously a gap in age. But hey, he probably just uh, hounded her down until she finally was like, okay, Squints, I'll marry you. You know, so <laughs> there you go. He whittled her down. Um, and then another bit this is like kind of like the bonding parts in between is uh the the chewing tobacco where they put in the chewing tobacco and then go on like the fun fair spinner and they all just throw up everywhere now ed i actually have a chewing tobacco story (laughs) so we don't really have that here we don't have chewing tobacco here Uh, Mm -hmm. well i'm sure you could get it somewhere but i mean it's not like a a standard thing and when i was in i used to work in america in these summer camps when i was uh, like 19, 19 to 22, like in that age bracket. Mm-hmm. And when I was there my first summer, so I was like 19 going on 20. And this guy that was in my cabin was from, I think from Alabama, maybe. Oh, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like an old, it was like an older dude and it was probably in like his mid twenties and like, you know he couldn't smoke because we were at a camp with like kids there all of the time so he was had the chewing tobacco in and and this was a point where i like i didn't smoke cigarettes but it was a part of my life where i did you know enjoy smoking some weed here and there and um and so i was like oh yeah i can smoke i can do whatever um and he was like oh do you want to try this and i'm like yeah sure so like, what do you do he's like just pack it in like you know in like your gum and just don't just whatever you do don't swallow just spit Mm -hmm. i was like cool man yeah okay so pack it in there tastes disgusting and like just stood on this like we're on like the porch of like this cabin that we're that we're staying in for the summer in the woods and after about 10 15 minutes my like literally just start going lightheaded you know it's like felt like everything was spinning and then (laughs) this woman that was that was there that was like actually my boss at the time where she was like you don't look too good man you're like going like going green like you know like yellow and green i just had to t- i like i didn't throw up but I'd, like, i had to just take it out and have like a can of coke and sit down you know but i was definitely close and i couldn't even imagine if i was like spinning on like a fun fair that have, have you ever tried it Never tried it, so you were uh, about to call Earl, huh? <laughs> you, <laughs> I like that. I, 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 I'm glad that you have taken this endeavor to try chewing tobacco. Uh, I do have my um wife, her grandfather. He he does it, and you would never, you wouldn't know. Like he, but like the fella, he always has a, a cup. And he deposits it in there. Uh, but like it, you know, was um, since these guys were big into ball, you know, like baseball players, they chew tobacco. Well, at least they used to back in the day. And so then they started replacing it with uh, bubble gum. Uh, and even when I was a kid, showing my age, there was this toy gum well it wasn't toy it was a replica like a gum called big league chew and it came in a package and it 
was shredded to look like tobacco. And mm. like uh they sold it to the kids and everything. And I would buy it sometime. But like, nah, it, like I've never I have never smoked anything. <laughs> no, not I even a, a stogie or weed or anything. And like there was a time post college, uh, uh, when I always wanted to try, but my friends was like, uh, nah, we don't need to get you on anything. You too wild naturally. Like when we <laughs> <laughs> younger me could could get crazy, man. But uh I've always wanted to try certain things, but nah, my friends would would always veto me. But yeah, tobacco that habit just it just looks disgusting. But uh, uh, here where I live in Mississippi, Tennessee area area, you'll still find some guys that dip. They call it dipping. Dip. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But that that is a nasty nasty. <laughs> it's disgusting. My my son got a kick out of that scene too. Yeah, it was fun. Um, <laughs> and then we kind of moved into, yeah, so the Babe Ruth ball goes over. That has been, like, set up earlier in the movie about his stepdad having that Babe Ruth ball. And uh, they the, the one bit I didn't get was they then are, like, you know, camp out because they want to tell the story of the myth of, of this dog and, and mm-hmm. the whole backstory, which is really fun. They did it in black and white and... I loved all of the practical effects of this like massive dog and the massive paws and how kind of <laughs> sort of janky the effects are. It's, but it, they hold up. I'm so glad. You know, now it would just be CGI and it's like, oh, but there's no effort to that. No one actually built it. It's not a real thing. Like, I really respect the practical effects, even when they're not amazing. It's like, well, they are amazing because someone went to the effort to do it. Yes. But the only bit I didn't get was that tree house that sort of overlooks that that yard or that person's mm-hmm. house. Like whose whose house is that? How did they get access to that like tree house? Ooh. That's a good call because like the, the field is the field is near the like the the dog's house, right? Yeah, it like backs on to the that, dog's house. So the, then the tree house is next to it. So it's like, yeah. it, is that one of the kids' houses or something? And it's in their back garden. Maybe that's a, a era that I've never thought about until now. Shall we Google it? How did the Sandlot kids access the? I never thought about house? that. Dang, dude, you're right. But like, yeah, because they would spend most of they spent nearly every day at the field. But I always thought, like you said, that it was because they say sleep over, remember? And mm-hmm. at, yeah, clearly they're not sleeping over over at the field. No parent would go for that. Well, I've got a couple of with I've taken it to Reddit and this exact question was asked five years ago and the top rated answer is I always assumed the treehouse was in the outfield of the baseball field. I don't remember seeing it during any games though. Damn, damn good question. And then someone else has said, I think it was Timmy's house. The kid with the younger brother that repeated everything he said. They're the ones that went on to design playground equipment. They did say that. Uh, um 
the movie doesn't say it overtly, but there's a reference to him being lucky to live right next to the field or something like that. And then some people are saying, yeah, I think they built it on the edge of the sand lot. So I guess the answer is um, no one really knows. Right. But, so we asked a good question that's out in the ether. If anybody has any suggestions or comments, then please let us know in the Patreon comments or on Instagram or wherever you want to contact us. Chuck, Chuck would know. <laughs> Come on, Chuck. Uh, we're relying yeah. on you. Yeah, we are putting the pressure on you, big dog. But yeah, it's uh, if you think about it though, the way that that um, um, James Earl Jones, I'm gonna call it a junkyard. So it's a pretty big backyard, and so. You could, I would say that his property on the other side of that fence is pretty large. So maybe in the corner of the outfield is someone else's house, like you said, right next to the to the field. Yeah. So that makes sense. But because if you a lot of the scenes when they're trying to retrieve the ball, that is all based around that clubhouse. Yeah. Yeah exactly which which then goes into kind of the the sort of middle to third act of the movie of them trying to devise all these different techniques to get this ball back Mm -hmm. (laughs) because obviously if smalls can't get the ball back stepdad's going to find out and it's going to be the end of end of his life and all those kind of things (laughs) so they try all these different things they like harness a kid over doesn't work they're using like different contractions and devices little like you know um remote control cars with kind of like kitchen tools on it to <laughs> try and scoop the ball up and the ball is getting like tattered by this dog as well like yeah. it's getting messed up um and they and the ignore the point <laughs> yeah all the slobber and they ignore the point of just going and knock king to ask which obviously when we get to james l jones later he says you could have just knocked i would have got it for you and that's what my son said immediately he said i would have just told my parents what happened i was like yep good good job son (laughs) you're raising him right ed just yeah (laughs) and so we then get to the point where benny has the dream Mm-hmm. And Babe Ruth is is in the dream, which is played by the dude that's in that '70s show. If I'm if I'm <laughs> not mistaken, did you ever watch that show? I've watched a couple episodes. It also like when I I looked that up, it it said that he's played in like the did it say Santa Claus movies or something? I had to send you this article. It was briefly touching on sort of what happened to the cast. Where are they now type deal. So Okay. Yeah, he was in the Santa Claus movie as the Tooth Fairy. Uh he was in Cinderella story for our Chad Michael Murray fans. <laughs> uh, Is that the one with Brandy? No, that's the one with um Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff? Okay. Hillary uh he was also in Field of Dreams. He was in Boy Meets World episode. I think that's where I'm recognizing him from as well. I'm sure he was in that. Yeah, he show, was. In, maybe he was in Philly Dreams. You're right. He has. He's. He was typecast after this. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a baseball player. Uh, I don't think he was in that 70s show. I thought he was, but I think I'm mistaking him for the guy that plays like the next door neighbor. But yeah, I mean, he's been he's been in a in a load of stuff. So yeah, yeah. So he comes and he sort of passes on the the wisdom and the inspiration to Benny. To Benny just decides, is you know, he has to do it mm-hmm. and. He puts on what did you say they were called? The shoes? The P PF Flyers, I think. It's um yeah, to this morning when I you know I was bragging, I was like, Yeah, I'm doing podcasts. Sound a lot today. So then uh my my trainer, he goes, I always wanted some of those PF Flyers. They <laughs> those shoes were pretty sleek in comparison to those beat up what Chuck, Chuck Taylors or whatever they were wearing mm-hmm. the rest of the movie he pulled them out that box man like he was pulling out some J's you know like he was like these are special <laughs> I'm looking them up so they're not what what are they are they are they real or no are they yeah. like convert they made up for the movie I think they are a real shoe uh probably from back in the day maybe but, but they uh, they they look they look like um some buddies yeah they look like some buddies but you know okay yeah i might need to get these (laughs) oh wow do they they still sell them i see them they they look like just regular chuck taylor's but they're black right yeah i'm seeing a pair on here well i Uh, see some for a hundred i see some for 50 okay they actually options. have a, a website, a PF Flyers website, but they do. I have Chuck Taylors, and they they can be a little pricey. The kind I have are like uh, the white kind, so I don't really wear them a lot. I I guess <laughs> I'll send this picture to you, man. I I went one year for Halloween as this uh, character. Um, named Cream 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 Biggums, and Cream Biggums wears the Chuck Taylor All Stars, and so like I I was like okay I'm gonna be screen accurate uh, Creamy Biggums, and uh, <laughs> and so yeah man that those shoes were the most expensive part of my uh, costume, but I don't wear them because you don't want to get your shoes scuffed you know. No, not at all. Yeah. At all. So they're just sitting there. These are cool though, man. Like, yeah, I'm gonna look into these. The okay. PF flyers. But yeah, he puts those on and says, you know, he has to do it. He's the one to do it. And he gets the ball, kinda has like well, he kinda has like a a Western style showdown with the dog. And now the dog emerges. Hey, there we go. There we go. It's pulling out the pictures. Yeah, I'm going to invite it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, and we, we, the dog is revealed to just be, you know, a regular dog. Still a big dog, you know, and but a regular, mm-hmm. a regular dog. And he, I feel sorry for the dog, man. Like chained up oh, outside. Man. Like, let that dog be inside, James L. Jones. Come on. That man is sad, but a lot of people do that to dogs, especially back in those days. That's why I feel like he had to been running a, a junkyard type situation. 
the junkyard dog, you know, it's uh, just a uh, a tough old gal that'll protect you, your stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. My my dog is like my firstborn child. You know, <laughs> my dog <laughs> Luna was was here before my son. You know, <laughs> so. Part of um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and he manages Benny manages to get the ball and is starting to run away, but the dog gets, you know, the chain breaks and then we get this great chase scene where he's running all through town, running through cinemas, running through, you know, like fun town fairs, knocking over massive cakes and it's a great that's <laughs> a great scene. That must that's that must be like an iconic kind of scene, right? No, it has to be like that chase. It took a while for him to evade that dog. Well, well, he never really did evade the dog. He uh, it finally caught up to him, and uh, the poor dog got injured. Uh, well, temporarily injured. Such and, a sad moment. Man, but small Smalls initiates the saving and it was a great little performance there and it's like come on it's hurt yeah yeah and benny helps him and then the dog licks uh licks small's face yeah he it's... did yeah and uh it, he he ended up befriending him and, and so the dog was nice enough to show him that all those balls that they had hit for homers he saved and so uh, the first thing Benny says, you know, he's like, oh, we never had to buy a ball again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Benny thinking ahead. And so uh, the, um, that's when they meet, met James Earl Jones' character. And he came out and, like you said, he was like, you guys could have just told me I would have <laughs> got the ball for y'all. And so uh, that happens a lot with kids. Like, uh, I know my neighbors, I've had to get them to retrieve balls for my kids you know they have dogs and so their fence is tied on the mine and so like hey can you guys get the ball for my kids or whatever and so yeah that that's just gonna happen when you have children absolutely absolutely and uh and it's great he invites them in <laughs> which probably wouldn't would probably be more weird these days, right? They'd probably be more frowned upon about yeah. inviting kids into your house. But it was the yeah. 60s, and then this was filmed in the 90s. But mm-hmm. it's innocent. It's James L. Jones. It's okay. And uh, we find out that he used to he play touched. with Babe yeah, Ruth. Yeah, yeah, that's cool touch. He played with Babe Ruth. He had the autograph um, uh, ball from the murderer's role, iconic uh team of the Yankees. I hate the Yankees. I'm a Braves fan. <laughs> <laughs> so glad that the Yankees are currently down right now. They've been quiet. But um he he what he traded them the ball just for he wanted company. He wanted them to come by at least once a week and, and talk baseball with them. And and like you said you find out that he was a former player he knew baby roof (laughs) (laughs) and uh sadly though he he lost his sight because he got hit 
in the head by ball like he was being and that's man dude that's one thing about baseball if you're gonna play at the higher levels if a wild pitcher or a wild pitch gets away it could do major damage and so that guy lost his eyesight and so he just had all those collectibles just laying laying around when uh that was really cool that he he gave it to him and he also gave him back the babe roof ball as well yeah because he had it at the end right (laughs) still had the (laughs) which is awesome because for smalls that's now even better because that's a part of his childhood like amazing memories right which it then sort of flips through to saying okay this happened to this person this happened to that Mm -hmm. person um and like you said at the beginning that each time someone would, li- you know, they hang, they hung out for, a, you know, a couple of the summers there, a few summers, and then, you know, they went to different schools, all went their separate way, but they just kept the game going, <laughs> just with one man less, uh, and that's dope. Then it, and then it was two. Smalls is the commentator at a uh, baseball yeah. game with Dodgers. Benny playing for the yeah. Dodgers. Yeah. And uh, trivia point, the actor that was playing Benny was Mike Vitar's brother in real life. Oh, that's cool. That's He's actually cool. his older brother. And there he is. And they sort of gives him the thumbs up, which was what, you know, sort of started the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And their friendship remained. And another trivia point was that the actor that played Smalls and the actor that played Benny are still friends to this day from this movie. And they kept that connection throughout the years. Um, so yeah, they just ended a great movie. I had, I had a couple tears in my eyes at the end, Ed, I was like, this is so beautiful. It's so wholesome. Wholesome Mm -hmm. is the word for this. I think it just made me feel good. What a great movie. What a great choice. I really, really enjoyed it. Were you surprised at the number? They had a couple swear words in there. Because, you know, like uh, they said uh, that shit a couple times. Hell, my, even my, you know, my son's at that age where he's like, is that a bad word? Like, that. Mm-hmm. They're like come on, man. You know who your daddy is. Chill out. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was, it was um, but it wasn't overly, uh, overtly done. It was. Like you said, a great, great movie. Still stands up. Still has a great meaning behind it. It is touching. It's not corny at all. Um, yeah, like when you rewatch it, uh, like it's only one thing that always bugged me about this movie, but it's really smart. But I'm get out here. Like the point where um, when Ham. <laughs> <laughs> not the the first homer in the movie over to the beast like he says uh just the way i like it low and outside man that ball was so high like <laughs> it was high and outside and then like it like we didn't really talk about the game they had with the with the clean cut um um team uh when oh, yeah was talking talking shit to the boys like distracting them that was really good too and like you could tell the editing on this movie was really crisp for the most part though because like of course you know a lot of those boys probably hadn't really played ball 
but they cut it on those scenes where whenever um, the strike would come through, you know, they just cut it real quick so that he didn't have to frame the pitch or whatever to get a strike or whatever. They they just cut it away because a lot of times he was dropping the ball, you know. <laughs> so it was really, really well done. Well, well shot movie. It really, it really was. And it was treated like an adult movie. And that's yes. what I... I miss like when mm-hmm. like family movies in the 90s were treated with that much sincerity they didn't patronize or condescend the audience like these are movies that really hold up and the whole family could watch i think that's what the difference is yes. they build movies back in the 90s so that the parents could watch the grandparents could mm-hmm. watch the older brothers and sisters could watch down to the younger mm-hmm. kids it kind of ticks the boxes for everyone and now that kind of doesn't exist. You have mm-hmm. Pixar type movies, which are great. They mm-hmm. are great. You can't yeah. can't deny it. Mm-hmm. But you don't have like live action mm-hmm. family movies. It kind of just goes from Pixar, and then you've got Marvel, and there's not really anything in between of where you've got like show me Free Willy, show <laughs> me the Mighty Ducks, the Sandlot, Cool Runnings. You know, I mean, I keep throwing Cool Runnings in there. I know it's a bit different. It's different, but for me, it's just in there same bracket mm-hmm. you know it's like give throw me some of these like these classics beethoven mm-hmm. you know um these ones that you can watch with with the whole family you're, you're right man because because i was just going to come with a rebuttal and, and say pixar they're, they're the only one that does it but like you said that's animation and because when you watch a Pixar movie, they're going to talk about diversity. They're going to hit home, slap you all across your head with what they got <laughs> going on. But that's animation. Like live action, they don't do it. They they dumb it down. Or uh, Because like, you know, I just keep going back to watching it with my kid. Um, some of the parts, you know, like, like, you know, he's a kid. He was, he was like, Oh no, this kid is he's gonna die. Like when Benny went over to finally get the ball and I had to reassure him, he was like, Daddy, I'm I'm gonna look away. I was like, No, he's not gonna <laughs> die, son. Like he really thought the beast was like a monster. And, and so he kept watching it. He was uh that they don't let you parent your kid like like how I was watching that like and don't insult the kid's intelligence as well. Um, they're old enough um, to take this stuff because um, I just one thing I just say all the time now: if you don't parent your kid, the world will. And, and so, mm. in a way that you don't want it to, because <laughs> these are the little kids, boy. You'll be amazed at what they'll say already at a young age. So there's no need to um, not to dumb down our art, you know, in entertainment. Hell yeah. That's so, that's such a great, great line. If you don't parent your kids, the world will. Yeah, that's exactly right. So yeah. And, and, Again, this movie was a movie effectively on the 
basic level about a ball that went over a fence, you know, and the the, <laughs> myth- the mythology of the dog that lives there. Mm-hmm. But really, it's about the friendships, what inclusivity can do, how it can change people's lives, and how just positive acceptance, you know, and those social dynamics, how you know it makes all of the difference and yeah what a beautiful movie what a beautiful choice so thank you ed let's talk about some judgments let's just do some basic we'll do some basic ones uh who would you say your favorite uh performer like acting performance was of the movie uh the kid that plays smalls like you said like his range was good uh, he was a, a great lead, uh, and I'll have to give um, a second to the kid that played Benny as well. Like he definitely uh, was caring as well. But but the smallest kid, he he kept your attention. You felt for him, and and you were glad to see him win in the end. Yeah, great choices. Yeah, Mike Mike Vitar, the guy that plays Benny. I've known him like my whole life mm. as Luis Mendoza from the Mighty Ducks. So it was really odd to see him in this role, and he's so good. Like it's like I mean, I like his character in the Mighty Ducks is kind of more like a a side character. So it was great to see him in this like main role kind yeah. of uh, position, and he did it really well. But I would agree that I think Smalls is the one um and his performance is is wonderful so yeah i'd say him too who would you say your favorite character is of the movie <laughs> man gotta go with old hammy gotta go with him <laughs> got all the great lines uh uh he's a big boy so you know gotta show love to the big boys and so uh, he was just funky, you know, funky. He talked a lot of shit. Like he was, he was great. He's funny, and like you said, that you're killing me, Smalls. That that's a forever line right there. Like you can apply it to this day to people. That fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to weave that into the tapestry of my language now for any time someone is annoying me at work or something. Just, you're killing me, Smalls. Yep. And then you would be, because it's also like a double test. It's a double entendre. It's like, do you also get this reference? <laughs> you know? Right, right. There you go. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you, 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 know, you love it, man. You ain't seen the satellite. What? Man, come on. You know. Right, exactly. Though I've only <laughs> just seen it for the second time, but in, but still, they don't know that. They yeah, don't know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would say my favorite character is probably Benny. I'd say just because he, he is just so he is he's cool. Like as a kid, you know, he's the cool kid. Mm-hmm. But he's cool for the right reasons. You yes. know how you get kids where they're like quote-unquote cool in school because they're like the bullies and because they're mean to people and whatever he's cool because he's like uplifting yes and inclusive and kind it's like that's that's a cool kid that's like yes you are a cool kid you deserve to be cool so yeah i'd say him uh what would you say your favorite line of the movie was (laughs) 
You're killing me, Smalls. Like, uh, that's an easy win, an easy win. What about you? What about you, man? Just say- I'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the exact same. I mean, that Smalls scene really cracked me up. So good. It's like, small, ha- more. How I haven't even had anything to start with. Killing me, small. Yeah. But the, the so, clothes going out of style line, that's a good one, too. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Throw the, hat, throw the hat in the fire. All of that was also really good yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, and then last but not least, let's do the precious, precious, precious rating. So on these movie episodes, we do two ratings, one that's subjective what it means to you personally out of 10 and then one objectively looking at it with like a film critics hat on so what would be your subjective and objective rating out of 10 subjective uh it's a classic for me like i said like it really didn't hit home to how much uh i've sort of been smalls before um mm-hmm. and of course like i like i said i always love ball baseball it's and just so much so i'll have to give it a 10 and and i and i really like the way i never thought about it before how when they just play a game they play a game they're not keeping score they're just playing ball um and that's one thing that i think has hurt <laughs> baseball over the years they do keep score but it's such a long game. Like right now, they're putting in rules to speed the game up. And so, because ball players they'll do stuff like step out of the box like a thousand times to readjust the balls or something, you know, like they, they just, <laughs> you know, baseball has dumb rules that they're going away with to make it more um, um, fun. And my niece, she plays softball in. She's pretty good at just discovered. She's awesome. And so that that's cool. And so, yeah, 10 for personal reasons. I think I got to give it a straight 10. It, it still holds up. Like 10 for both. Like it, it holds up. Like you said, the effects are great. And the subject matter is, is, is cool. And I really didn't have much uh, negative critics critiques about it you yeah dope. well subjective i guess i mean i've only it's only the second time i've seen it and the first time was only a few years ago so um i kind of roll it into one um with my ratings but i i would also give it a 10 like as in this was like this was nostalgic for me without it being a movie that I watched when I was a kid. And that's really rare to find. It has, it makes me feel like I did when I was a child watching The Mighty Ducks and Little Giants and all those movies that I love so much. And I love the friendships. And I know that if I had watched this as a kid, I would have been obsessed with it. And I would have watched it over and over and over again. It's just obviously, it's just one that... I just it managed to slip through the cracks for me but I'm so happy that I have it now and I'm so grateful for you choosing it so mm-hmm. thank you Ed it was really fun to to go into this one and to discuss it um I forgot of course to say that if people enjoyed this episode of the podcast then please check us out ravenshoops.net why Ed cuz basketball's go through oops 
but yet they also go through nets ravenshoops.net you can find all of the patreon all the additional stuff the discord all of those things um so yeah ed thank you so much really enjoyed it really enjoyed talking to you thank you for yeah doing this with me man it's been great man anytime man always here you ever need me all the time ed all of the time how are we gonna how are we gonna do this one out we need to do our ravens on free how are we gonna do this uh let's see Ooh, how are we gonna do it how would they do it in baseball <laughs> is there any chance in baseball ah boy you hit on it so they they sing this um take me out to the ball game and at the end mm-hmm. so there's this guy is <laughs> god bless the dead his name is harry carey and he was a caller uh, uh a broadcaster for the chicago cubs and he's legendary guy like with the big coat bottle glasses and he was saying take me out to the ball game at the middle of the seven inning, the seven inning stretch, and at the end he would go, "There's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the whole ball game." Hey, and then like if it was like the Cubbies and they were losing, it's like let's get some runs. Like you just have to ask him on YouTube with Harry Carey. He was hilarious. He probably was up there smoking, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds dope. Well, can you do that? We're out. You want me to do it? Please, yeah, that sounds perfect. Are uh, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. One, two, three. We're out. Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> Ravens. Excellent.